And welcome, everybody. It is another installment of J.C. and Morgan. He is J.C. Sherbert of 24-7 Sports. I am Mike Morgan of ESPN and the SEC Network. It is August the 19th as we record this. I know for some people, you might be listening to it on a different date, and that's fine. That's the beauty of a podcast. You can listen to the pod anywhere you want. You can take the pod uh to work to the gym in traffic and you can listen anytime you want to the podcast so we appreciate you tuning in as always jc um i gotta tell you uh we're not we're, we're going guestless today and that's probably a good thing because i i've got a i feel like i've got a lot to say because i i feel like i just had my my college football boot camp if you will uh for a lot of people that's media days that's like the first boot camp uh, the, the second one for me is the, the seminar and, and for those that don't know, and, and I, you know, I did this for four years at Fox where back then they'd fly us all to California and we'd sit, sit in these rooms and we'd go over all kinds of things, everything from rule changes to, uh, the latest going on and in, in on the field and off the field. And then the boring inside baseball stuff, which I won't bore people with today, which is, you know, points of emphasis on our, our broadcast, but um, uh, for two straight days in Charlotte, uh, everybody from Fowler, Herb Street, Sean McDonough, Tim Tebow, RG3, Pete Thamel, all these people in the same room talking about everything that's going on in college football. And as you and I have said many times, this is a revolutionary period. There's never been more stuff changing, uh, the surface beneath our feet in college football is perpetually fragile is the way I would put it. Mm. Uh, it's just, we don't have a, a solid ground to stand on. And I'm not saying necessarily saying it's a bad thing. I think a lot of the things that are, that are in the future and on the horizon are very positive, but uh, you just don't know whether it's, you know, the, the bombs being dropped off of Southern Cal and UCLA going to, the Big Ten, the latest TV contracts, the Big Ten deal, of course, most recently. We'll talk about that. Um, the conference realignment continues to be an issue. NIL, mm. transfer portal, things on the field. You know, it's just it's nonstop. It just makes your head spin. Uh, and all those things were covered in great detail. And I, fe I felt like that was my final exam to get ready for the start of the season. So uh, mm. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. I'm amped up, and uh, I know our listeners are, and we're going to chop it up here today. Absolutely, Mike, and it's uh, uh, that that seminar sounds fascinating to me, just with everything that's going on in the sport. Uh, and and the reality is, though, you know, we we, we talk about the sport 353 days a year, uh, 351, 350 for some schools. Uh, there's very few game days, but we're two weeks away from that as well. So uh, mm -hmm. I, I think it's a tremendous time just to kind of put a bow uh, on uh, on all the offseason stuff, which keeps coming up, uh, and sort of move forward uh, with the season um, in our subsequent episodes. Because, hey, we've got football next weekend, man. I know. Uh, that Vandy-Hawaii game. Uh, I think Northwestern is playing Nebraska in Ireland next yeah. week. Yeah. Irish. But uh, – but anyway, this other stuff, it has been sort of a, a tumultuous time. And, you know, the, the first piece of news, obviously, that uh, hit this week was this Big Ten television deal, which 
you know, there's a little bit of misinformation out there, and I believe it was on Outkick where I read this, where where they kind of got it wrong. They, they they said, well, this this deal for the Big Ten's worth a billion, and then the deal with the SEC's three hundred million. Uh, and I think that number from the SEC, Mike, uh, and Disney and ESPN, that's just for the CBS game of the week, right? That that that's not that total number is not. Because they distributed more than that per school this past year. Oh, of course. Um, and so I, I I looked at it and I'm like, oh, well, that's that's making it seem like this Big Ten deal is going to be seven hundred million dollars better uh, than the SECs. And I, and I think when they're all said and done, it will be probably be a, a little close. A little, they'll be close. I don't know that. I don't know that you could top all those networks and all those markets, you know, in the Southeastern Conference. But I do think the SEC will be competitive uh, when the final numbers come in. So that that was. That was an eye-opening number. I actually love the uh, uh, I love the fact the broadcast networks are kind of all getting together uh, to give college football sort of a you know an alternative voice. Uh, ESPN's been the leader there for a long time, but uh, to to kind of expand the sport uh, or, or I guess give it a different color, kind of like the National Football League. So uh, I'm sort of in favor of it. The more, the merrier, and. Uh, Certainly, I understand, given all the markets and schools involved with the Big Ten, uh, that it would be worth that. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit on a couple of key things. The first one is there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, what is accurate is that, you know, you're you're looking at at least a billion dollars a year, which was the number. That, like, none of this, I don't know. I, 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 I don't feel like I'm that much on the inside. I feel like so much of this has been reported for a while. Oh. Now the the people that I follow might be boring to a lot of people. Like I follow uh, people like Andrew Marchand, who is a, a media writer for the New York Post, John Orand, uh, in addition to the Pete Thamels of the world, and, and and so these these people have been reporting on this for a while now, um, and so th- this this number, this billion dollar number, was not the bombshell that some people made it out to be. We all knew it was going to be about that, and as you properly pointed out. The SEC already is not that far off from that number, and 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 eventually that like the one billion now for the Big Ten. Well, maybe their next deal, which will actually be sooner than the next SEC deal is up, maybe it's one point two, and then when the SEC's deal is up, maybe it's one point five. Who knows if we continue to go uh, on this uh, trend of the number just continually goes up and up and up. But the bottom line is. While the Big Ten uh, and I've I've got friends who are Big Ten fans. I know we've got listeners who are Big Ten fans. Um, I, I know, for example, Justin, who's a, a frequent listener to JC and Morgan, huge Michigan fan. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're some of them are doing a, a victory lap, and that's that's fine. Like I think the Big Ten bottom line is you got as much money as you could. I think that's smart. Um, you know, the the not the flip side, but the things to consider on all this. Number one, is it a, is the, the financial aspect speaks for itself, you know, nothing but the dollars billion dollars speaks for itself. It's going to be in the neighborhood of, I think 90 to a hundred million per school per year. All that is good. Whether or not, and let me just, let me just say this full disclosure Yes, I work for ESPN. Yes, I'm very proud of the coverage that ESPN does on college football specifically. 
But no, I am not one that just speaks. Uh, I'm not a mouthpiece for that. I, I wouldn't, for example, say something bad about another network's coverage. For example, in the NBA, I think TNT is outstanding. I love Charles Barkley. I love Kenny Smith. I, I can name for you other um, properties that ESPN doesn't have that I enjoy consuming. But all that being said, let's let's take a look at this. CBS passed on keeping the SEC game of the week, the 330 slot. For the amount of money that would have cost that ESPN swooped in and gobbled it up, and wisely so, they could have kept that game, the number one game in college football's regular season. Every year, that is the number one rated slot. It is gold. It is TV gold. They let that go. And now they have the Big Ten number two. And I think a lot of people are still making this mistake. The top Big Ten game is not CBS 330. It's Fox at noon. So you'll never see Michigan, Ohio State on CBS or NBC. Not throughout this contract, you won't. They will be playing every year noon on Fox. What you're going to see CBS at 3:30 instead of instead of seeing Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, uh, Texas A&M, LSU, you're going to see Michigan State, Northwestern. You're going to see maybe Penn State, Illinois. And I'm not slighting these games. I'm just telling you the the tier two game for the Big Ten is no competition for the Tier 1 game for the SEC on a week-to-week basis. I mean, the ratings are going to bear that out. So uh, that that was a little bit of a head-scratcher to me. Far be it for me to tell CBS how to do their programming. Uh, but it looks like the cal- somebody on the calculation might have been a little bit off there. The other thing about the whole thing, you know, NBC – look, this is NBC's first – other than Notre Dame, this is their first mm. – Entry into college football coverage in a long, long time. Yes. I, think they, I think they announced Chris Collinsworth's kid is going to be play by play for Notre Dame. <laughs> I think he has like all of five games experience during that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like so, but, but victory lap on the money. The money's great. Like, I, I, I applaud the Big Ten. They got the most that they could possibly, the most juice uh, that they could, that they could squeeze. Out of the orange, the lemon, whatever fruit you want to use. Um, but that being said, if you look at the platforms, I don't necessarily know that's going to be a great thing. CBS at three thirty for a lot of people is it your program to listen to that. You hear the theme music, and but oh, but but yeah. SEC fans are not going to, just because it's CBS three thirty. They're not going to tune into that game. It hurt hurt when I watched it yesterday. I know, right? Like, so you, you keep the theme song. That's great. Uh, and you might even keep Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson. In fact, I would assume you would. We had Brad Nessler on yeah. the podcast a year ago, and, you know, he almost sounded like he knew, he knew that once the CBS deal was up with the SEC, he might be out of a job. Well, now this gives him new life. And I'm happy because I, again, I've said this many times, I have a ton of respect for Brad Nessler. So oh, I'm happy for Yes. Yeah. I, he's, he's one of the best. So I'm happy for Brad. I hope, I hope they do the wise thing and don't just like hire uh, some famous athlete's son to take over play by play, actually mm. get a credible announcer in there that's paid his dues 
that's that's what the audience deserves. But again, not trying to slight the deal. I'm just telling you, and I had this conversation again. Well, I'll go back to our residential uh, Michigan fan, Justin. He was kind of asking me, like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, we have no presence on ESPN. We have no cross promotion. And that's a valid point because you're, you're dealing with two networks in CBS and in NBC. Once that game is over, they're going to, you know, the old Pat Summerall joke coming up next, murder. She wrote, uh, they're going to Big Bang Theory or whatever, whatever cheesy sitcom or melodrama um, or whatever else they run these days. I don't know because I don't watch a lot of regular TV. So you don't have that engine to really give the supplemental coverage and promotion that maybe you would want. So what does the Big Ten get other than the money? which you could have gotten with any combination of networks. Maybe it would have been 900 million instead of a billion. Uh, bragging about being on three different networks, I don't know if that does anything for me personally. Um, being on networks that don't are not totally invested in college football, I don't know if that does anything for me. Does an extra, let's just say, 15, 20 million per school after you after you keep buying new weight rooms, like how does this make Illinois football better? How does this make Iowa football better? How does this make Michigan State football better? I mean, Michigan State's already got one of the top sugar daddies in the world. That's how you hire you give a head coach that has done very little a ridiculous contract because you've got a sugar daddy there. He's if you read the story on him, he's he's actually fascinating. Um, but but how does this really like? In other words, you do the victory lap. Look at us. It's a revolutionary revolutionary TV deal, and it is. And it's a lot of money, which is the same amount of money the SEC is going to get, and then some over time. Uh, but how does this make Big Ten football better? How does it make anyone that's not Ohio State and Michigan better? Because basically that's what that league has been all about now for a while. And that's the question I would have for, for your average Big Ten fan. Not hating. I applaud the deal because the money is insanely good and and they went outside the box. And I guarantee you, Jim Delaney had a lot to do with this. And I guarantee you the people at Fox had a lot to do with this. Um, but how does, is big 10 football better today because of the contract? Time will tell. Uh, I, uh, I understand the financial aspects of it. I also understand that it's tempting because it's broadcast, but also, you know, you, you can't really deny Mike that ESPN has been synonymous with college football for a long, long time. Um, every conference was on ESPN, right? We, we didn't have a conference that, Oh, I'm sorry. I think the American may have been on. No, the American games were on ESPN too. They, they had a, a split deal with um, CBS sports network. Uh, you know, so not, not getting up, uh, at 11 a.m. Central time and seeing Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, I think that's the one with the pig, Florida, Rosen, the, the, you know, playing for a trophy in, in, in late October. Every like game you, in the big 10. Uh, yeah. Like, you like, you look, you get up, you see the sun splashed prairie and everybody's been, you know, tailgating since seven kegs and eggs, all that. <laughs> uh, that's, that was kind of. It's college football to me, man, is, is, you know, yes, there's usually an SEC game on at that time. Sometimes it's significant. Sometimes it's not. Uh, usually your better SEC games are later on. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes 
your better Big Ten games are later on too. But getting up and seeing those uh, Midwestern clashes uh, in, in October, uh, right after game day, uh, is something I was accustomed to. Now you're not going to see that, and you know the, the 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 downside of that, I think, for for fans uh, that are SEC ACC fans, is there there's about to be more noon games. Uh, you know, simply because you, you can't put the Pac-12 on at that time, so so you got to fill it with Big Twelve, ACC, SEC, uh, and fans don't really down south like the noon games so much. So uh, that, that's one thing you can think about there too. And so that so so pulling away completely from the worldwide leader, uh, I think, is an interesting calculation, um, regardless of the money, regardless of the broadcast exposure. Uh, you know, what I think is also, this helps, I think, Fox's um, other channels like Fox Sports 1 mm-hmm. uh, and all that, because that's that they're going to have plenty of Big Ten content. Uh, and, and and now with Southern Cal and UCLA, I, I also understand the value for the networks because uh, you're talking about oodles of advertising dollars. And, and, and the other beautiful, beautiful thing from a TV standpoint about the Big Ten is that those schools are all huge. They're, they're, they've all got thousands of alum, millions of yeah. alumni. And, and you know, obviously, style of play lot-wise, I'm more of an SEC guy, maybe even a Pac-12 or Big 12 guy uh, than a Big 10 guy. But but they're, they are passionate fans. And you see it when you turn on a, a bowl game in Florida on January 1st, uh, Man, lately the Outback and Citrus Bowl probably have more Big Ten fans than, than SEC fans at the games, uh, and so from that standpoint, uh, I understand the value of it. Now, watching the CBS theme song da, 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 that we've all been accustomed to for years, right? We all love that song, right? Great theme song, one of the best. Watching it and seeing Penn State and Illinois and Rutgers and Maryland and Iowa and Wisconsin and a whole bunch of Ohio State hurt my heart. It was like when they killed Han Solo in Star Wars, right? <laughs> Look, man, I mean, it's yeah, it's still Star Wars. You still kind of get pumped up when you hear the theme and the, the scroll at the beginning. Um Empire Strikes Back yeah, and dies, isn't it? They, they, and, and no, they killed Han Solo in the new one. Like the, they, uh, oh, I didn't watch any of the new ones. Oh, you know, I, I don't no, mind. No, 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 no. I watched the original three <laughs> Star Wars, Empire, and Return of the Jedi. And that's, that's it. All I that about. ended for you. Well, in, in um, spoiler alert, but uh, you know, <laughs> spoiler. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, Han Solo gets killed by his uh, by his own son that's like Vader's grandchild or whatever. Let's see if it's Leia's kid. Uh, and they killed him right away. And, and then that was the last hero uh, from the old Star Wars that made you feel good and happy. And, you know, it's back when movies weren't trying to teach you a, a social lesson. Uh, it's, it, 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 so you still watch, I still watch the rest of it. I still was interested. But something's just different. I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, and they replaced Vern Lundquist with Brad Lester, which are Brad, Brad Nessler, like you mentioned, which was awesome. And, uh, and, and so that was about all they could have done to replace Vern because he was so legendary, even with his chortles and mistakes and all that. Uh, and, and so it still had that vibe, but now, man, I just don't know that if, if you're used to, uh, you know, the Iron Bowl or LSU Bama or 
you know, Texas A&M, Bama, or Georgia, Florida. Uh, you know, you could have pictured Texas Texas OU being on that uh, that broadcast once they came in the league. Uh, and if you're used to turning it on and seeing that, and their production quality was outstanding. I mean, it's just a great broadcast, right? CBS does really good work. Um, and now they gonna, do one game a week. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And now you're going to turn it on and see, uh, da, 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 the three and six Illini traveled to West Lafayette <laughs> and the dude with the Purdue mascot with the big jaw, whatever he is. And, and you're just like the dude with the hammer you don't usually see until basketball season. And you're like, ah, something's not right here, you know? And I'm like, it's a night that from, from just a, I love college football. This is one of those things, losing that game for the SEC and, and, and like you said, making it a tier two broadcast, Mike, it, it's kind of like when Keith Jackson retired or Brent Musburger or, you know, everybody, Ron Franklin, everybody that's, uh, you know, all the voices from the past and, uh, it's just kind of one of those things that sentimentalists like I, I mean, uh, I, I think I'm going to miss it quite a bit. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't know how a lot of us are going to feel. Um, and of course, a lot of the times I'm, I'm working at that time. So it's a moot point for me, but I go yeah. back, I, I, you know, I, I DVR games that I want to see. And if I've got a night game or an early game, then I still get to see the three thirty game. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that, Look, the SEC is still going to be playing games at that time. Mm-hmm. And and pretty soon that game, which by the way, it's gonna be awkward. CBS has to carry that game one more year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I I would have I would have bet that they would have negotiated something, but as of right now, you know, the the, the top SEC game of the week is scheduled to be on CBS not only this year but the following year. That's yeah. what it's scheduled to be again. Okay, two more that, years. That could, that could certainly be negotiated. Um, but but the fact of the matter is, it might be a different theme song and it might be a different network. But if that game's on ABC, SEC fans are just going to flock to ABC, and the average college football fan who's just looking for a good game, ABC, if, the, if they're faced with Texas A and M LSU on one station versus Michigan State Purdue on another where do you think they're going you know so I I again I'm doing my best not to take away anything from the Big Ten this is going to put more money in the coffers and that's great but I think I think some of the enthusiasm ought to be tempered because it doesn't really change the landscape of anything like there there's a lot of hyperbole out there at the end of the day the the quality on the field is going to be the same for the SEC and the Big Ten top to bottom. And the SEC is just a deeper league that has a broader appeal. Now, you brought up a great point that I think a lot of non-Big Ten fans don't realize. Those schools, the enrollments are huge across the board, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not uncommon for like 40, 50, 60,000 enrollments now there's a few in the SEC that have that. Florida sure. has it, A&M has it, but not quite the the average numbers. And so the more the enrollment, well then the more the alums year after year, those are more built-in fans, those are more built-in TV viewers. Uh and obviously that's part of the appeal of the Big 10 in in general. 
but your average college football fan wants to wants to see the best teams in the best games. And if that means they have to go from one channel to the next, by golly, they're going to find it. I'm telling you right now, we're, we're reaching a point in time where, remember, it was a big deal like, oh, cable TV versus one of the big four networks. Uh, now we're at the point where if a game is streaming, all I got to do is dial that up and whoop, with a press of a button, I've got it on my 70-inch high-def television even though it's quote-unquote streaming. People that are cutting the cord, this was the miscalculation that a lot of people made. Uh, people that cut the cord and, and, and kind of pound their chest, I cut the cord, I cut the cord. Yeah, but you're still paying for what you watch, whether it's Netflix, Hulu, YouTube. And if you're a sports fan, there's not less, there's not fewer sports fans of college football. College, like there's more. So those fans are just going to go somewhere else to find it, but they will find it. Now, the you know the 80-year-old grandmother who wants to see her favorite team play, she might need help from her son or grandson to find where that game now is. But the rest of us, this even uh, JC, I still consider myself young. You know, we're, we're both north of 40, but I, I still consider myself young. But the, the Generation Z or whatever is <laughs> certainly capable of, of finding whatever they that's all they do is they live on their phones and on the internet and all they know is streaming they didn't grow up necessarily on cable tv they've been streaming everything their whole life so uh the the platform is the platform but at the end of the day the product still still sells the most and the big Ten's a great product it's a great product i mean we are at a we are at a day and time where the sec and the big 10 are clearly the top two needle movers in college athletics. And if this migration continues the way it is, I don't know if it's even going to be close. Uh, and, and I, my guess is ESPN's next move is they're going to gobble up the Big 12, Pac-12, and they're going to have SEC, ACC, Big 12, Pac-12 locked up, American locked up, Sunbelt locked up, MAC locked up, everybody but the Big 10 locked up. And that's still going to be your number one home for college football. I would say this if I had nothing to do with ESPN. Honest to God, I would tell you. What are you watching Saturday, 9 o'clock? Are you watching college game day? Or are you watching something else? Chances are you're watching college game day. You just are. I don't care who yeah. you're from, Right? And, <laughs> and if you're a college football fan, you know the SEC has the best product. That's what you're watching. So all I'm saying is, Great for the Big Ten, but it doesn't change a whole hell of a lot. Now, again, I'll go back to my uh, my friend, the residential residential Michigan fan. We were talking after uh, hooping it up here today, and he was saying, "Well, I, the one thing I will say, Mike, is that maybe that maybe that assistant coach that would have left a Big Ten school, maybe that coordinator, because there was more money somewhere else. Maybe now these schools have more money to keep him where he is. That's true, you know? and, and and that's a that's a fair point." And then, of course, you got Kevin Warren going on with uh, Brian Gumble. Uh, you got Brian Gumble basically got a goading Kevin Warren into saying, "Hey, now you're going to pay the players, right? You're going to." And Kevin's just kind of very politically saying, "Well, that's certainly we've got to talk about that. We've got we've we've got to talk about that. That'll be airing, I think, next week." Yeah, uh, I saw show. part of it. Yeah, I saw the clips. I mean, it's yeah. nothing groundbreaking there. Yeah. I did think, and not to change subjects completely, but I did think. Of all the um, discussions about what what is 
compensation for players going to look like in the future. The one that actually made me think, as opposed to just random people, as you and I have talked about ad nauseum, don't really care about the sport. Mm-hmm. They've made this a a class thing. They've made this every other issue, but Awful. in, in yeah. terms of what's really best for the sport. But Jim Harbaugh just came out and said, well, okay, let's see. Billion dollars, 100 million per school. Why don't we give the players 10%, just a flat rate, 10% of whatever the TV deal is. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it made me think. Like that was one I, of the more interesting proposals. I will say this: I, I had an idea about it too, uh, and then then I heard Mike Leach give it a big idea, and his was very complex, of course, and, and a great idea because Mike Leach is a genius, but uh, uh, he's much smarter than I am. But uh, people were talking about the ways to get NIL uh, out of recruiting. That would be a way to accomplish it. It's going to sound crazy, but. Uh, is that you you do tie it to TV deals and you make it exclusive for two years or one year, however many years. Uh, in other words, you get NIL money from anywhere else, uh, including collectives or, or whatever, you forfeit that percentage of the TV revenue. And, you know, um, I, and, and I don't know, you can even tie it in with their scholarship. You have to sign this deal to come play football here. Uh, and and I think that would avoid some of the 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 unfairness lawsuits and stuff because look, it's not you're not passing rules against players getting paid. You're signing them to what essentially name, image, and likeness is. Uh, uh, name, image, likeness is, which is television, right, Mike? Uh, if you went, Mike, as as a person, a personality, right, and you did a commercial uh, for. Uh, Sam Smith's State Farm Insurance, they're Brookhaven, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they paid you a bu- they paid you a bunch of money, right? You couldn't go the next day and pitch for Charlie Smith's Allstate, right? Because those are exclusive deals. And Correct. so, 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 and I and I think, hey, okay, we're making money off your name, image, likeness slash performance on television, so we're going to give you a cut of it, but you're exclusive to us for a good long while until, and then, you know, if you go, if you're worth, you know, marketing deals or whatever, if you're good enough player and, 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 you know, you deserve it, uh, certainly that opportunity will be there for you. But um, it did make, yeah, those TV contracts, giving them a, a, a cut of it because it's simply because if NIL is legal now, that is TV is exactly what that is. Yeah. Um, I, I, that that part of it, I'm like, hmm, you know, that and then the jerseys with their name on it. I know uh, some schools have started selling jerseys with the player's name. If you buy a jersey of a player, that money goes to that player. Uh, part of it does. Uh, those things are very fair. I, I think it's certainly something to discuss. But it's, uh, yeah. you know, it, 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 and I think to that point, just to wrap it up with a bow, uh, if they do do that, obviously the Big Ten and SEC are going to have advantages. Uh, over the other conferences that have lesser TV deals, just from a, from a player attraction standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint. So. There, there, well, that's there's no question, and that's kind of um, we're already there, mm-hmm. but we're kind of heading even more so. That 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 gap is going to widen to a scary uh, amount mm-hmm. if you're not in those two conferences. It just, I mean, we're we're literally talking double. We're li- when we're talking about what the Big Ten and the SEC are bringing in, we are talking double 
not of what Southern Miss makes, my favorite group five uh, standard example. We're talking double of what the other power five schools are bringing in in TV revenue. Double. So yeah. think about that. If it if it's an extra $40 million a year over 10 years, that's nearly a half a billion dollar gap between those two conferences and everybody else. Hey, so, you're the, and you're the, say, say you're the ACC and you, you can't go any, you can't even get out of anything till, uh, thir- uh, 14 years from now. Well, yeah, yeah, ah! and I, and I'm going to go over those deals in a second. And I, sure. you know, look, I said I said on this uh, podcast weeks ago, when every every rumor out there was was being floated out, I'm telling you if you, <laughs> and I read the David Hale explanation, and he did as good a job as anybody. Um, if, if you think that schools from the ACC can just get out of that deal, like oh, contracts are made to be broken, then you're sadly mistaken. Mm. The, the way that thing is written, you are not just getting out of it. You're just you're just not. I mean, it is so cost prohibitive to just jump ship and go to another league. And so that's why you're seeing there's been no movement, none. Now, clearly, there's going to be movement with the Big 12 and Pac-12. I don't know what's going to give there. I don't know what's going to happen there. Klyovkov, I've made the analogy. You know, he he's the guy when the Titanic hits the iceberg. He's not the band member that's still playing music to keep everybody's spirits up. He's the guy walking around in the top hat uh, trying to find the help and saying, excuse me, uh, I, I asked for a gin and tonic, not an old fashioned. Like <laughs> when you listen to him talk, you would think that nothing is of the least bit concerned right now in the world of Pac-10 football. But clearly there's a lot of things concerning there. I think the Big 12 made as great a moves as, as they could make in terms of adding when they when they lost two premier properties that they're just never going to uh, get the likes of on the free agent market, if you will, in Texas and Oklahoma. Um, but but that's going to be the next shoe to drop. It's not going to be ACC teams leaving. I don't believe if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I just Ooh. don't see it. I don't see it financially feasible to do so now. The ACC could add teams and maybe restructure a deal and so on and so forth. Um, we shall see. By, by the way, let me just say this is the latest um, college football rights and membership timeline. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten just signed their, what is it, seven-year deal. Okay. And they, and and everybody knows now the networks. It, it's Fox. It's CBS. It's NBC. It's WNBC. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Pac-12 is in its uh, next year will be the final year of the current Pac-12 deal, 2023. So they're already ready to negotiate and <laughs> figure out. Probably but, thrilled about that too. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's really hard to negotiate when you don't know what your conference is going to look like. Yeah. Um, so that obviously that'd be part of the contract. I mean that was the smart thing the ACC did. They made that deal for as long as they did because they made it so that nobody could leave. And so for all the criticism. There was there was some smart thinking on that end. They they covered they they did CYA in terms of teams bolting. Twenty twenty four is when ESPN would add the top SEC package. It also is the final year of the current Big Twelve deal, and then twenty twenty five is the final year of the current uh, college football playoff. We've got four more years of that. Although a lot of people, and I will tell you this, uh, among the and there's some things obviously that 
uh, I can't disclose, but Bill Hancock is very public and he went up there and spoke to the entire room. If you read between the lines, when you listen to Bill Hancock, it is obvious to me that the people that were obstinate, and that includes Kevin Warren, uh, about, you know, uh, we're not going to expand the, the college football playoff. How do you like that, SEC? Well, they've all come to the realization that's a stupid, a stupid approach. They are going to be on board. This thing is going to expand. It's not going to be 16. It is going to be 12. Uh, and don't be surprised if maybe, just maybe, that is done sooner rather than later. As of right now, we're scheduled for four more years of this current playoff. Money talks, BS walks. They, they passed up a half a billion dollars by not expanding. That helped nobody, and it hurt a lot of people, the least of which was the SEC, if that's the point you were trying to make. So when this thing does get expanded, add another bunch of money to the pot. That'll help everybody, and that's going to happen like I said, I think sooner rather than later, and I'm almost certain that number is going to be 12, not 16, like a lot of people are are pushing for. Uh, the ACC goes all the way to 2035. The Big 12, I mentioned, the Big 10, obviously we know the Pac-12. The SEC goes through 2033-34 with its, with its current deal. So that's where we are with everybody. And Notre Dame right, is sitting pretty and. I don't think Notre Dame has any desire to join a league, including the Big Ten. Uh, they could easily get $75 million, if not more, tomorrow with the NBC-type deal, if, if with NBC or with somebody else. Because a lot of people say, why, Mike? Notre Dame's irrelevant. Why do we waste so much time talking about Notre Dame? In, in part, I agree with you. I think I'm, I'm fatigued with Notre Dame. But they are a brand. JC, you use that word a lot on this podcast, a brand. And a lot of people associate brand with just wins and losses or the enrollment or nah, no, there is a like when they, they flashed up the list of schools that are the top quote unquote brands. And a lot of those would surprise you. It's not uh, everybody you think. American college football and Notre Dame are synonymous. Uh, I, I yep. think. I mean, and they just, are, the, they are a huge brand. Yeah. Huge, cool. I mean, it's uh, they, they, they. How many movies have they made about Notre Dame football? Right. I mean, well, and it's, and they have they have an alumni base that is all over the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of my high school friends is a Notre Dame graduate who lives in Moscow, uh, because he he's a hedge fund guy and makes more money than you and I will ever dream of. Mm. Um, but uh, but but they are a national brand. Love them or hate them. See that. The teams that people that are brands are not the teams that everybody loves. Yeah. Like who hates Northwestern? Who hates Arkansas? Who hates Boston College? The answer is nobody. But there's a ton of people that hate Notre Dame, the way they hate the Yankees, the way they hate the Dallas Cowboys. And if you hate somebody, guess what? You might tune in to watch them lose. That's what that's what matters. That's brand. That's that. So Notre Dame's not going anywhere in terms of of brand recognition, and and that's what matters when they're trying to find the you know the teams that move the needle the most. And I I agree. Like I'm tired of Notre Dame, and I could care less if Notre Dame joins a league or they don't. Like I, if we never hear about Notre Dame, I'm I'm okay with it. But. <sighs> Reality is they are the ultimate brand, and that's not uh, going to change anytime. Yeah, you're, you're killing me here, Mike, because if, if the fiance hears you say that, 
Uh, he, she's not going to want to even talk to you anymore. I know. I Come know. on, I can't believe you said that. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm. She's. I think she's taking a nap. I'm glad she didn't hear that. So, it, so. And hopefully, she's not listening to us. Nah, uh, but, <laughs> but if she, but if she is, she oh, knows that. If she knows, she knows we're presented by Blue Delta Jeans for the very best. One size fits one, not one size fits all. Custom made blue jeans, custom made all kinds of pants. <laughs> they are, they are the best. I mean, you get what you pay for in life, and if you want the very best, and you've probably heard many uh, coaches, celebrities, entertainers talking about Blue Delta Jeans. I've been wearing a pair of Blue Deltas for a few years now, and it, it is everything it's cracked up to be. Uh, I don't really need to buy another pair because, you know, a, a man who's who's got his his go to pair of jeans like you don't mess with that. You don't need to get 20 pairs. Just give me one pair that looks good, feels good. Uh, that is the difference at Blue Delta Jeans, Blue Delta Jeans uh, dot com. Tell Mike and JC sent you. They do a terrific job locally owned and operated. Good American business right there in Oxford, Mississippi. That's Blue Delta Jeans. All right, JC, I feel like I've talked enough. Um you know some of the stuff that that we went over at the seminar. You know some mm -hmm. of the things that have been going on. What's on your mind? Any comments, questions, commentary? I will let you lead the way from this point on. Yeah, Mike, and it's certainly uh, it, it's awesome. Uh, you know, I, I love to get the chance to pick your brain on this because I'm just a, you know, I'm a fanboy of the whole sport, and so the stuff like this just fascinates me. Uh, you know. I did read when they were talking about, uh, oh gosh, it was Brett, Brett McMurphy, I think, reported uh, the deal for the Big Ten and uh, said, according to his sources, um, they're not um, done expanding. So, you know, that's, uh, so that would be sort of maybe when you guys, when you had seminars or, or people speak on the topic of mm -hmm. further expansion, you know, would love to get, you know, what you picked up on that. I, I've read some, you know, generic articles here and there, nothing really specific, but, you, you know, you, you kind of start wondering if they are going to expand, where do they go? Is it going to be, are they, are they going to, because there may be a political situation brewing in California with UCLA. Huh. Will they just take Stanford and Cal and say, okay, we want to make these, the whole state of California happy or, 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 you know, what's kind of your, your what, what did you kind of pick up on all that? Yeah. And by the way, that UCLA thing that people are reading, you're not going to stop UCLA from bolting. But what's going to happen, I think, is, uh, and this was discussed, the, the state of California and their uh, ambitious governor, he's going to get his pound of flesh. So it might cost UCLA some extra money mm -hmm. to bolt and leave for the Big Ten. But, but the, you know, the toothpaste is out of the tube. They're gone. I, they're they're not they're not staying because you know you're gonna you're gonna strong arm them into staying in the Pac-12. That's ridiculous. Uh, if, if a school wants to go, they're going. They're gone. You're, you're it's not you're not gonna stop it. But again, they might get their pound of flesh and, and squeeze some money out of them. Which uh, I think California's got some other problems bigger than that right now. Having taken a trip to San Francisco uh, last year to do an NFL oh. game. They they got bigger issues than worrying mm. about squeezing UCLA on the way out the door. Um, I don't think there's any question we're not done with the expansion of the Big Ten, and I wouldn't be surprised if the SEC is soon to follow that. I just don't believe 16 is going to be the final number. Uh, I don't think we're heading to an AFC-NFC. I think that's a little exaggerated. 
you know, two 32 team conferences and everything else just gets blown to hell. And that's all that is in college football, the big 10 and the SEC. I, I don't buy that, but I do think there is going to be room. I don't know when we never do. Uh, we didn't know when Oklahoma and Texas were going to do it until they did it. We didn't know when UCLA and USC were going to do it until they did it. So I, I don't know a timetable, but yeah, I think the Big Ten uh, is going to try to get to, say, 20. Uh, and I wouldn't mm. be surprised if the SEC continues to do what they do, which is to sit back, <clears throat> relax. Greg Sankey can put his feet up on his desk, w- watch the phones, phone calls come in and say, okay, what do you give our conference? Here's the big number to remember. Here's the part of the calculus that, again, people don't necessarily think of. It's not just what does a team do to the overall strength of a league by adding two more teams. No conference makes these moves without first getting a guarantee. We just talked about what the share is going to be for Big Ten schools, right? 90 to $100 million per year. They're not going to approve two more teams as the presidents of that league aren't unless they know they're going to make $90 million plus in the, in the expansion deal. They're not going to take less money. So every time you add schools to the pie, you split that pie up in additional slices, which means potentially less for every school unless you get another media deal, which then adds more money which then you can you can actually get higher payouts. But you don't just add schools for the sake of adding schools because they're not going to do that unless there's guaranteed more money. So that is the calculus that goes on when these moves are made. And when you're when you're adding teams like Texas and Oklahoma, that means more money. When you add Southern Cal and UCLA, that you can you can work out a deal that makes more money. When you add Oregon State, and Washington State and TCU, that doesn't necessarily give your league more money. Might make you a better conference. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily make you more money per school. So that's something to think about. That's the thing to think about too. And I and I think I think the Southeastern Conference you keep hearing things like contiguous states, big stuff, universities of kind of deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be interesting down the road uh, if there is an ability to move out of the ACC, which I, I almost am to the point. I, I don't feel sorry for the league itself because I think if you look at some decisions they've made over the years, they they clearly don't under don't really know what they're doing, uh, in my opinion, or have made some bad deals in hindsight. Uh, if there is movement, though, it's going to be interesting to see what schools like North Carolina and Virginia. Now, if you're the SEC, I think you want University of North Carolina, University of Virginia. And, and people are going to be like, no, they suck in football. They're not that good. But like you said, it's not necessarily about, hey, we're, we're bringing this powerhouse in, right? Uh, it, it's it's brand. It's And brand is different than on-field performance. It's, it's, it's culture, school, uh, geography. It all matters. TV markets still actually do matter. Um but it's going to be interesting to see some of the choices uh, that if, if they even have choices coming out of the ACC that some of these schools have, uh, because I can see 
UNC and UVA, uh, two schools that are kind of like Big Ten schools and that they think they're in the Ivy League. <laughs> one of one of them's close. One of them's close. But, uh, uh, you know, that they kind of align academically more with the Big Ten. But they're also schools that would fit in the Southeastern Conference, you know, so so it's going to be interesting to find out there. Um, anything there from, uh, I guess, the transfer portal, NIL, uh, that you may have picked up, Mike, oh, from, from man. different people. Gosh. Man, the NIL thing is just uh, fascinating to me. <laughs> well, so listen to this. You want to talk about a fascinating conversation. Sure. Dan Mullen has now joined the ESPN uh community uh he'll be part of the studio shows which i always love getting a former coach's perspective i thought gene chiswick was outstanding on the Mm -hmm. sec network he's at north carolina now uh and i've i've worked with a number of coaches football basketball baseball no offense to former players you get a unique perspective from a coach Mm -hmm. they just they they know the ins and outs they see the game a different way and they know all the things behind the scenes that are going on off the field uh, Dan Mullen knows a lot from his time at Mississippi State, from his time at Florida as a head coach. He was an offensive coordinator when Tim Tebow was there. Speaking of Tim Tebow, you had Tim Tebow to my left. You had RG3 to my right, and you had Dan Mullen in front of me. And you had Rod Gilmore, who's also an attorney, in, addi- in addition to being an analyst, all debating and chopping up NIL and the transfer portal. And it was a fascinating conversation. I don't want to say it got heated, but it got spirited. Um, I, the RG three, excuse me. um, Well, RG three's point was, Hey, look, man, we've all been done wrong. And I think uh, there should be no guardrails. Dan Mullen is saying, well, you got to have guardrails. Your your, your coaches right now, it's just the wild, wild West. And then you got, uh, the Rod Gilmore's of the world saying, well, it's not, it's not the wild, wild West. It's free market. And of course that gets an applause from a few people, but then the other people in the room are like, well, yeah, but this is not, this is not ideal where you've got teams poaching other players. You've got pay for play, pay for stay. Uh, so apparently there's a, a couple of court cases going on right now that are going to and i can't recite the cases but there's mm-hmm. a couple of court cases you know this all got started nil got started with the ed o'bannon case right yeah um ed o'bannon in a video game without his permission and they won that case and then then you had another case and of course we all know recently the supreme court ruled on nil and it was a complete slam dunk of the ncaa which becomes Lesser and lesser and lesser, and not to confuse storylines here, but even today, Pete Thamel reporting that the college football playoff is ready to just disconnect with the NCAA entirely. They don't even need them to run that anymore. Basically, the NCAA is nothing more than an event manager for basketball and all the Olympic sports, and they do a good job of that. Let me just say this. They do a terrific – like that NCAA basketball tournament didn't just become a great thing by accident. It's always been very well organized, very well done. They went out and got the big TV contract worth a billion dollars a year. Um, Say what you want about college basketball. College basketball generates a ton of money. The problem is most of it goes to the NCAA. College football is trying to avoid any such uh, thing with their postseason where I don't need you, NCAA, to run it, and I certainly don't need you to take a cut of it. 
We are going to orchestrate all of it, and we don't need to hear Austin P at the table. We don't need to hear uh, Middle Tennessee State at the table. This is a big boy playoff, and we we need the the big boys uh, in the room deciding how it's implemented and how the money is disseminated. And I think that's where we're headed sooner rather than later as well. But yeah, it was a fascinating discussion, JC, and just like all the other fascinating discussions on NIL. There's never a resolution like nobody knows what the right formula is. We all have opinions and nobody really knows how this is going to end up. So it, they went back and forth on it for like a half hour. They weren't supposed to go that long, but I actually liked it because these are people that I I have. I think they have enough credibility to when they speak about it. Uh, intelligently, not yelling and screaming and doing, you know, the, the kind of stupidity you see on those debate shows. Jeez. It was it was really an intelligent give and take. But honestly, I don't think we're any closer to knowing the answer because you can't get you can't get five people in a room that all agree how it should be done, what should be done, uh, and when it will actually be resolved. So I, I I'm afraid to say it's still messy. And I don't know when it acts when the mess gets cleaned up. I think we're we're still kind of we're we're, we're kind of going as we as we uh, we're, we're, we're of, learning yeah. on the fly. Yeah, and I'll just say this: the term guardrails was used now, and and that and and Dan Mullen said that term as well as a couple other people. And then that you know that gets kind of some people don't like that and they think well that's against free market. Would anybody argue the NFL is a free market league? Would anybody argue the NBA is a free market league? They have a thing called a salary cap. That's a guardrail. That means one team can't spend five times as much as the other teams. Any any successful league has guardrails. They have rules in place. So free market doesn't mean anybody just gets to do what the hell they want. Like there's still guardrails in place. That's the one thing that I think it's lost in the equation too. And people just throw free market at you. And of course that's a great applause on it. Yeah. Free market. I'm for free market. Uh, who's not. I mean, I'm a capitalist, but in order for the success of the sport to be at its best, you do have to have some guardrails in place. If they have it in the NFL, the most successful league in the history of sports, we probably should have something in college athletics, which right now we really don't have. Yeah. The, the problem is, is that it's dressed up. As endorsements, Mike, and, and you, you you have salary caps and stuff in the NFL for sure. But I mean, legitimate endorsements, uh, you know, there's not a cap to it. And so right. it, it, it's interesting because it's all of the interpretation and and things like that and, and how to evaluate uh, players and, and keep it out of recruiting. And it, it's just a mess. If the NCAA, this is their fault, right? If they had said, okay, well, you know, we're going to get off our high horse here and allow NIL when they when instead of fighting the O'Bannon case and, and, and everybody uses the, uh, the example of, you know, when they're getting sued over this, uh, I guess Mark, Mark Emmert, you know, Emmert said, uh, well, we don't want corporate uh, ha corporations having negative influences uh, on our student athletes. Right. And you look, and and there's the winner of the Final Four with like a Chevrolet and a Budweiser sign behind them, and you're like, well, well, what are these? Are these not corporations? <laughs> and who got that money? Well, we did, you know. 
Um, and so their whole argument fell apart. Had they just given a little and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to structure it. That type of thing. You know, I don't think we'd have it in recruiting like we do. I think, I think, I think it would be way more legit. Now people are always going to try to find ways around the rules, but right now, man, there are no rules. I mean, there's no rules. There's nothing stopping even like blatantly, uh, collectives or booster organizations or whoever from because it's it's ultimately you know governed by state law and all those are different uh, and so if you're in a state uh like in tennessee they they have no they suspended the law you know for a year so there's no law governing uh and, and there's nothing to keep anybody from going out there and saying oh well, we're gonna sign a you know johnny five star to a, an endorsement deal right because he's you know awesome and you know, here's however much money and, you know, and, and go, there's nothing to prevent that with because they painted themselves into a, a corner. You're going to have to really get uh, a complex uh, legal type structure, I think, to even think about fixing this right now, because you go around every corner. Yeah, Dan Mullen's right. There needs to be guardrails, right? Well, then, but how do you avoid getting sued for that? That's it. That's, you know, that's and that's the that's the ultimate thing, JC, is that they now feel like anything they do, there's going to be some ambitious lawyer who's going to find a willing partner student athlete who mm-hmm. claims that he's been wronged mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and and it's going to become a legal battle. And they haven't been doing so well on the legal battles lately. I will say this. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think even had the NCAA uh, been more f- willing to do NIL sooner and, and handle this much better, which they certainly should have. You still would have that ambitious lawyer that says, well, yeah, NIL is great, but we need to be paid. We need to be professionals. We need yeah. to be athletes. We need to be on a payroll. Um, that's not going away. There, there's still always going to be that person out there that insists that they need to be employees. Now, Keep in mind, employees in the NFL can be cut at any time, mm-hmm. can be, you know, employees in the NFL. It's not always a great thing. Like there, there's there are some you, you sometimes you you think you want something until you get it. and You realize, oh, wait a minute, that's not as good as I thought. But there's no question um, the, the compensation is going to continue to grow, which I've never been against. What I've always been concerned about is what we have now, which is very messy. It just is. I'm sorry. You might like it, um, but it's very messy, and mm. and it's got a lot of room for improvement. Um, and I don't think coaches who some people want to vilify, like that was the other thing, like, like Tebow stood up and said, look up. I'm sorry, I had the fourth highest selling jersey in the world when I played behind LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and David Beckham. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I was exploited. Yeah. And, and and I didn't need to get a ton of money when I wasn't the only one helping us win championships. We had the best middle linebacker in football. We had Percy Harvin. We had offensive linemen that blocked for me. Like Tim just looks at it from a different level. Um, but some of the others just want to continually beat the we're exploited, we're manipulated, we're victims drum and, and are going to keep going to that well. And so it, it, it's going to be a situation where uh, I don't know how you're going to get unified things passed 
and with Congress, if you want to get them involved, good Lord. I mean, you see what's going on in our country right now. I, I don't see 60 senators voting on anything, um, which is what it would re- require, as I understand it. It would take 60, not 51. So anyway, that's a, that's a whole other uh, discussion. But uh, yes, it was absolutely brought up, was absolutely discussed. I thought the right people had the voices in the room. I agreed with some. I disagreed with others, but it was an intelligent conversation. All that being said, we're still no closer to knowing what is going to happen. Yeah, it's just uh, it's, it's it's going to take some compromise. Uh, in, in you know, just like anything in our country, Mike, it's 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 hard to get people to agree on the price of of, of, a, of a cup of coffee. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just uh, in 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 and that division and, and the two sides I, I think and really one side because i think the uh i think the other side really you know they're free market capitalists as well just kind of in a different manner um you know i think that that because that's infected it you know kind of like the, the victimization of everybody these days uh that's infected this argument uh it i think it's going to have to come to that it being uninfected with that because you're never going to solve that. Right. Because once you, once you say this, you're going to say, okay, well, you know, uh, and there's some people out there that literally believe, you know, the players should make most of the money generated by college football (laughs) programs. And I'm like, no, no, these brands have been around 125 years, man. I mean, you know, not to mention, not to mention, like this is what happens when you're, you could be an ultra smart 19, 20 year old, but you have no perspective on the real world because you haven't lived it yet as an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the real world, you don't make more money than your bosses. So if you want to say, well, I'm an employee and these guys are the bosses and they're making all this money. Guess what? Welcome to the real world. As, as you go through life and you work for corporations like you and I do and have mm-hmm. and like most of the American public does, unless you own a small business, you make much less money than the bosses. You make much less money than the corporation that owns the company that employs you. That is the real world. So I don't, you know, I don't care what Nick Saban makes if I'm the starting wide receiver. I'm not going to make as much as Nick Saban. For that matter, I'm not going to make as much as the athletic director. Like that's just that that is how every other form of business works. But we somehow lose sight of that when we talk about this. Well, everybody's getting compensated except the guys on the field. Well, first of all, the guys on the field are getting compensated. We, you know, I don't, I don't want to even get into that whole. The they nonsense. can't afford, a can't afford to take my girlfriend to the movie. Right, 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 right. Um, tell me another one. I, I, I know several people. Uh, I played with people in high school that were division one athletes. They've been getting stuff for a long time. Now it's out in the open, which I think is a good thing. Uh, they're not poor. They do get money, and most of them are taking government money and sending it back home to their families. Mm-hmm. So just like if, if we want to have a discussion on this, we got to start with being honest about it, and then we can kind of go from there. But but so often the jumping off point is not an honest uh, discussion. It's a yeah they they can't afford a pizza, which is ridiculous. All right, what else? What 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 other things are on your mind as we inch closer and closer? to the start of the season, because pretty soon we're going to be talking about, you know, Texas named uh, 
Quinn Ewers, the, the starting quarterback, and Emory mm-hmm. Jones will start for Arizona State. We still have some quarterback battles in the SEC West, and we'll we'll tackle all those things. We'll talk about the big Week One matchups. It's a terrific slate of games on uh, Week One. Uh, but but what other things that maybe um, you're thinking about? I'm curious, uh, you know, just from a standpoint of what to, you know, because you do have obviously uh, during the or shortly after the 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 you know, symposium or the, the conference or whatever, you, you, you had the other networks uh, announcing, um, you know, their thing. And, 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 and I, one of the things I thought about was, you know, that's going to hurt big 10 basketball pretty bad. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. any kind of, is it just, Mike, are we just at the point where if football's always driven the bus, right? Let's not be crazy about it, but are we just at the point now where, the other sports just need to go along to get along. And, and that's it from TV, from conference, from, from whatever, uh, you know, I, I was kind of wondering, and I know it was a, a football focused meeting, right. But, you know, or uh, in college athletics in general, I mean, how, you know, from a television standpoint, from a health of the sports standpoint, all that, you know, I mean, the sports are basketball is very popular as well. I mean, what, what any kind and it's of a moneymaker and any, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a, any it's a huge moneymaker. No, it's a great point. It's a great question because, uh, basketball definitely brings in dollars. I mean, just look at the CBS Turner contract for March madness alone. Do they get the ratings on a whole that college football does? No, no college sport does these decisions that are being made start the the first sign that it was all about football was when the big East got ripped apart in shambles and there is no big East anymore. Mm -hmm. That, that was a conference built on basketball, but at the end of the day, they realized there's more money in the, in the near term. If we position ourselves like the basketball money's not going anywhere. So we can, we can go to, we can switch leagues and we can do this and we can do that. And that March Madness money is guaranteed. It's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not that they're saying college basketball is irrelevant. It's 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 very relevant, and people do watch and they do spend money, and money comes in. However, when it comes to all the realignment moves and everything else, it's clearly all about football. I mean, think about the amount of money that's going to cost for Southern Cal and UCLA to travel for every game Mm. to the big 10, every game. But, but I know this from traveling as a a former school announcer. Uh, They don't fly Delta. (laughs) They don't fly American. They get on a charter and the money now is so good with these new TV deals that they don't have to go on the cheap. Even if it's the, uh, the volleyball team, they can get on a charter flight and they can make those trips. And the difference between being on an airplane for two hours, as opposed to an hour and 15 or three hours, as opposed to an hour 45, when you're sitting there in a chair and there's complimentary drinks and snacks, and you're looking at your laptop or you're listening to your iPod or whatever it is you're doing, honestly, it's not that big a difference. It really isn't when you're on a bus <laughs> and you're traveling for baseball. That's a, that's a, those things are different, mm. but when you're fly air travel changes the dynamics of everything. And so I'm not saying it's nothing, but the way they look at it, look, 
a flight's a flight. And whether we're going to fly from Tempe, Arizona to Pullman, Washington, or we're going to fly from Los Angeles to Chicago, it ain't that big of a difference. And, you know, we're, we're just not we're not worried about it. We'll get by. So I, I, I don't think they they the logistics that everybody talks about. I don't think they're quite frankly afraid of it. And yes, all these decisions come down to football. Basketball is a bonus. If you can make your basketball league better, and by the way, I mean, just looking at it from the SEC standpoint, by adding Texas and Oklahoma, the SEC basketball SEC basketball has already been on a meteoric rise. You look at the amount of bids they've had at the NCAA tournament. You look at the top 100 players, how many are going to SEC schools. Um, now you're going to add Texas and Oklahoma. I think that's a win, 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 win all across the board. But for a lot of other basketball programs, yeah, these moves have not been good. They've just had to tolerate them, and they realize, you know what? We are a long-distant second priority behind football. And that's that's never going to change, J.C. Football is just – it's because the nature of the sport, it's not just because of how popular it is, and it's number two behind the NFL and, and the entire landscape of American sports culture. The fact is it's a once-a-week sport. So when when you're traveling to do two games a week or four games a week, that's a big deal. But when all you do is play one game a week and you get on that charter again, what's an extra hour on a charter flight? If you're the Southern Cal football team, they're not going to be worn out because of it. They're not, you know, they're not Ubering to the stadiums. They're taking charter flights. And most of us don't know what charter flight travel is like. Again, I've gotten my taste of it. It's pretty mm, damn good. Yeah, no nice. security, no, no security yeah. lines, no worried about your bags being checked or where they're going to wind up. Uh, it, it, none of that nonsense. It's just you and the team, and it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah, outstanding. So that's uh, that's it there. So what's up? Yeah, the lineups, I know they released all the announcing pair pairs and uh, all that, and I know you're part yeah. of that. Uh, yeah. Any kind of uh, – I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say surprises, but anything, those of us that kind of have our favorite announcers or uh, are interested in announcing teams should look for this year. Well, the, the top teams are still the same. I mean, you yeah. still got Fowler and Herbie, and you still got McDonough and Blackledge. And, and I think McDonough and Blackledge are as good as any team out there. Um, first, I'm a big McDonough fan from a play-by-play standpoint. I think he's... I think he's the best. I really do. Um, not to mention funny as hell, but the voice, the the delivery, the everything. Sean McDonough is a pro's pro. He's been doing it a long time, and Todd Blackledge is sneaky great. Not sneaky yes. good. Sneaky great. I'm with you there. You know he doesn't get the credit I think that a lot of the analysts get, but he is all over stuff. He's really really good. So yeah. you know th- those are the top teams that. That hasn't changed. Brock Osweiler. I thought Brock Osweiler was still in the NFL. He's on a broadcast ah. team this year. Um, I'm doing a game with Ryan Leaf in week two at Oklahoma. Oh. Like, yeah, it's like it it is kind of interesting to see some of the um the names that uh that circulate. But no, it's uh, you know, it's gonna be uh and I can't speak for Fox's teams, but yeah. pretty much the same at, at ESPN. Um and and the coverage, 
I think you're going to see certain changes in, in the coverage or, you know, not radical changes, but just they're always trying to do things to improve it. And I think one of the things will be you're going to see a, a continual, like, let's keep everybody up to date on on everything going on. For example, don't be surprised if one day you're you're going through the dial and you see kind of like the what the NFL red zone has, a quad box, like four mm-hmm. games on at the same time during a studio show or something like that. Because that's the great I've said this before, JC. The great thing about college the college football fan is that they love their team, but they love the sport as a whole. So like I'm in Atlanta, right? And Braves fans, the, the the ratings for the Braves on the local Bally's sports affiliate are mm-hmm. insanely good because everybody in this town keeps up with the Braves. But in San Diego, <clears throat> they could care less about the Braves. Um, and and at the Braves and anybody you run on a national major league broadcast, it doesn't get major ratings because the fans are so regional. They only care about their team. They'll watch their team religiously, but they don't worry about the big picture. College football fans, they typically, they keep up with everything. So they don't want to just watch their team. Obviously, that's priority one. But they want they, if you watch college football fans tailgating, they all got the TVs on other games before they go to their game. And then when they get out of the stadium, they go back and they eat their chicken wings and they hopefully yeah. keep the beer cold and the drinks cold. And what are they doing? They're watching the, the game right after theirs. Yeah, yeah. Everybody does win or lose, you know. Win it's or like... lose. That's what I love. That's what makes college football the fans so special is that they give a you-know-what about the big picture, not just their own team. Most of them do. I can't speak for all of them, but I think most college football fans love the sport as a whole. Absolutely, absolutely. So, any anything else catch your eye? The symposium we we covered just about all of it. There. Well, I'll say this: the the last thing they 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 had panels for every conference, and the last right. one that went was the SEC. Oh. And on the on the panel was uh, Cole Kublik, Greg McElroy, um, uh, Jordan Rogers, and Joe Tessitore, and. And they rather than like give, well, you know, here's the over overlying story. They just did over unders on every team one by one. And I'll say this for the uh, Gamecock fans tuning in when they hit South Carolina at six and a half, the consensus more than any other team, everybody out there said over everybody. Like, even if you didn't think Spencer Rattler was going to be the best thing since sliced bread, they all thought that number was too low. Now, we don't give gambling advice on this podcast, and I sure as hell am not going to be responsible for anybody who bets over and then they wind up going six and six. But but the overall optimism uh, over that number was there. I, I think the Shane Beamer momentum is awfully strong. Some, you know, that might cause you as a Gamecock fan to recoil like, oh, no, don't give us too much love and attention. It's bad luck. But but it's out there. Every other team like Georgia and Alabama over 10 and a half over over like nobody. You know, you just like you don't even think about it. Who's going to bet under against Saban and Kirby? Yeah. Uh, But every other team was like, shoot, I don't know. Is is Arkansas, you're going to go over or under the whatever it was, seven, seven and a half. Tennessee, you're going to go over or under the eight or whatever. Florida, six and a half, seven. I shoot, I don't like those guys in Vegas are really good. Where if you're trying to bet over unders, it's really hard. But I thought that stood out. 
Um, and then there was a debate, is Texas A&M really the third best team? Like, we've just accepted that. But I think it was Cole Kubik who was like, well, wait a minute. They, they, they're not good on the line of scrimmage. Um, all those big five-star recruits are still what, what year, JC, what classification? They're freshmen. They're I, freshmen. I, I, I agree with Cole. Who, who's been, I've been preaching that man. Yeah. Everybody's uh, just like eight and sixth of the poll. And I'm like, they were what? Eight and four last year. Didn't go to a bowl game allegedly because of COVID. Uh <laughs> Uh, and then signed uh, eight five-star defensive linemen, and, and that's fine. But they lost their entire starting defensive line. Right. Right. I mean, we, this is not basketball. This is the, the about two or three of them are going to be pretty good players their first year. But you know, you you have a seventeen-year-old, and you mentioned South Carolina. The Gamecocks have a lot of older guys, six-year guys that have stuck around on their offensive line. They've been playing ball since. I mean, some of these guys were in Will Muschamp's first full recruiting class, and they're still mm-hmm. there because uh, of COVID and injury or whatever else. Uh, I don't care how talented that 17-year-old freshman is, Mike, going up against a 23, 22-, 24-year-old offensive guard, you know, that's been just lifting weights and been through the wars and living life and hadn't had his butt kissed and, you know, all that. Right. Who's going to win that matchup early? And that's – so I, I call Cole smart because then what I love about him is he he focuses on the trenches like like nobody else. Totally. Right? That's his and bread that, and butter. That's where games are won and lost, man. Right. And he is absolutely right. I just think the 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 hype uh, around the A&M defensive line recruits is legit. I mean, they're all good prospects, but it, it requires some work and time to go from great prospect to great player. Some guys get right. there quicker than others, but it just doesn't instantly happen. Uh, and so that's why a and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with him on a and I'm like, they're, they're young, you know, they're going to be very young. Well, yeah. And like, I mean, you remember Jadavion Clowney as a freshman and he was the number one recruit and the best thing since life. He was good as a freshman. He didn't dominate the sport as a freshman. Yeah. He was really good, but like he, and that's, that's assuming all those five stars are going to be Jadavion Clowney, which is which is not a safe assumption at all. Uh, who's their dominating wide receiver? You know, I mean, Anaya Smith is uh, yeah, suspended. And I don't know what how that's going to pan out, but assuming he's good, like who's who's complimenting him? And there's a, they still have named a, a starting quarterback as we record this, so there's still a lot of question marks there. Uh, you know, we talked about the. The, the 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 Auburn situation and how I mean that's going to be like instant drama every week with that whole scenario with Brian Harson and uh, it, it, can Kentucky they lost a lot of people on their offensive line and their defense and their Wandell Robinson how are they going to look I'll see them in week one um, and anyway, there, there's a lot of fascinating storylines that we we went over in the in the uh in the southeastern conference uh, this year and we'll we'll get more into that as we uh continue our uh, list of podcasts yeah auburn uh, it's somebody we, we keep discussing uh on other shows and, and shows i'm guest on about how you know because we're we're, we're kind of two weeks before the season a week before week zero uh you know and we're like but you're still hitting the wall a little bit, you know, for the, you're tired of reading practice reports, ready for the games to get started. Right. It's actually from a football standpoint, been not a very dramatic preseason knock on wood. We hadn't had a lot of big injuries and 
guys quitting and things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's been there's been so much talk about the future and focus of the sport. It's kind of gotten gotten laid back. But uh, so we were talking the other day, and and I, I was like, well, there's no scrimmages in college football. There's no exhibition games. Um, you know, and in their whole, you know, there should be scrimmages. They should, you know, maybe. Uh, Presbyterian College or Walford or Furman gets on the bus and goes and plays at South Carolina or, you know, North Carolina goes North Carolina Central and they have a little scrimmage or whatever. Miami at Florida State. Miami at Florida State would be outstanding. Uh, and here's the problem because at Auburn, <laughs> if they go scrimmage Samford, they might and, lose. Uh, and they lose. They're going to fire Brian Harson for losing <laughs> the scrimmage. The Yellowwood guy's going to be on the front, like, heading <laughs> steaming the, the planes with a checkbook, with his checkbook. I mean, oh. and that's, and that's what people talk about. Oh, well, the athletes, it's a safety. It's, it's just a safety issue. And I'm like, no, it's not, because it's less safe to not actually play an opponent in football. And it just kind of simulate against your teammates and then go play an actual game. Because uh, trust me, having played that sport, I don't care. Practice is practice. I get, the game is a different deal because yeah. it, it, the, you, you, you almost get a sense of practice after working against your teammates so much, you know, what's coming, you know what to expect. There's nothing that surprises you. Uh, you just go play a game against somebody else. It's a different world. It, it, there you get surprised. Right. And so, but, but that's, that it's not, there's nothing to do with safety or anything like that, is that somebody's going to get fired for losing a scrimmage in August. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the coach is the only part of it. So, uh, so that's it. You're right. I mean, even, you know, basketball does this. They play these scrimmage secret. games. The secret. And it's a secret. See, like, I find out, and like, Mike, don't tell anybody, we actually lost to so-and-so by 15. We, we played like. <laughs> We played like crap, and but coach doesn't want to want that to get out there. I'm like, I get it, I get it, I get it. So even in basketball, a sport where the great teams still lose a couple games, they don't want you to know if they lost a scrimmage. So in football, you're right. That would be uh, that'd be crazy. Remember, we had two a days during this time of year. We don't even oh, exist anymore. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. They they did away with two a days. They did away um, with two a days. They don't even high school doesn't even do. Them. Like I said, and. Uh, I'm going, I'm going to a scrimmage here in a second, but, uh, they don't, they don't, the the kid, he just, uh, when I was in ninth grade and eighth grade, boy, we, 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 during August, you're there until school started. You're at nine, uh, 9am to, uh, you know, to, to 11 and then you break for lunch and then you come back for the afternoon session. Right. And, right. And, I, and I'll both are in full and, and you know, for about a week, both it's in full gear. I mean, it's hell. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was, it was tough. Now you just, you don't do that anymore. Once a day. No. You're that. not even in full pads half the time. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, it's a different day and age. We just sounded like get off my lawn guy, which might be a sign that we need to get off this podcast for now. I know you yeah, get off my lawn. Yeah, yeah, get off my back in my day. We did two a days and we, back in we played on gravel. We didn't, we didn't know where the grass was. Uh, anyway, look, junction boys, you know, me and Mike were in the junction boys, man. Yeah. We played for the bear at AM. <laughs> we were tough. Gene Stallings once spit in my face and I said, thank you. Do it again. Gene. Do it again. Gene. <laughs> Uh, that's fantastic anyway um look we covered a lot here today and uh eventually as we continue to um expand this fine podcast we've had people say 
Is there any way to interact with you live? Maybe text questions. We're, we're, there's a lot of things we hope to accomplish here in the near yeah, future. So we we may be getting, getting into uh, – now it won't be uh, – I'll go ahead and tell the audience. It, 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 won't, it won't be the same time every week, but we will, we'll, we will right. definitely – give everybody a heads up on our social media channels and and places like that. And you'll, you'll probably be able to come in. Uh, I know for those of you that listen to my Gamecock show, we have a chat box. Uh, I call it a chat box. Uh, You can come in and ask Mike and I questions and and tweet at us and, and, and see our smiling faces uh, while we do it live. And then of course it'll always be uh, up on Apple pods and and Google play and everywhere else you can find uh, podcast. That's right. And he is at JC Sherbert on Twitter. And I am uh, at Morgan on air at Morgan on air 22 on Instagram, because some guy in LA who's not actually on air, he's like a hype man for the Dodgers uh, took it and, and will not give it to me. <laughs> so mm. that's why I had to add 22 uh, that confuses people and I don't like it, but um, unfortunately he's not willing to budge on that as of now money talks. Maybe I can offer him like 10 bucks and he'll, He'll change his mind on that. Yeah, maybe that'll that'll move the move the needle. But as always, uh, if you have any questions for us, you can hit us up and we'll address them here on the podcast. Our thanks again to Blue Delta, terrific sponsor. Uh, make sure you visit the website. Make sure you frequent them, and make sure you, uh, if you're in the market for the best jeans on the planet, uh, tell those folks uh, you're interested. And tell them Mike and JC sent you. JC, it's been a pleasure. We will do it again soon. We might have one more special guest lined up. Still working on that. We'll tell you about it if it happens. In the meantime, we're getting ready for this season. JC, enjoyed it. Appreciate it, bud. Hey, thanks, Mike. Looking forward to to getting after it, talking ball, and uh, getting ready for. I guess we'll get ready for week zero next week. Next week, man, that'll be great. Sounds like a plan for JC. It's Mike. So long, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>